2: What's going on, everybody? This is Jimmy Kempsky from BillyWoist.com. With me as always is Brandon Lee Galton from BleedingGreenNation.com. You are listening to BGN Radio episode number 170, the post post Carson Wentz Trade Edition. Uh Brandon, how you doing, buddy?
1: Jimmy, the NFL Combine is usually happening around this time of year, but mm-hmm. no combine this year. So it's a it's a slower week, even though the Eagles just traded their franchise quarterback last week. So it's kinda Uh, strange in that regard. But before we get into today's show, Jimmy, which obviously we have a great show for the listeners, as always, you can check out Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, which you should, by going to RighteousFelon.com and using discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Um, But no more time for plugs to me, I guess, because what are we talking about today?
2: Well, there's no real news. I mean, the only concrete news that has happened uh, since the Eagles traded Carson Wentz was that um, I guess the team released... Sean Jackson, uh, and then I, this didn't this didn't need to be reported, but it was reported that Alshon Jeffrey is going to be cut. Uh, that'll occur after the first day of the new league year, when they can designate him as a June first cut. Uh, what was what has not been reported, I don't think yet, but is you know every, we all know it's going to happen. Is Malik Jackson will be the other guy that's that's cut. Who he will also be a June first designated cut. Uh, but yeah, the, the three obvious moves. Clearly, Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Malik Jackson. The one that we haven't heard anything about yet is Marquise Goodwin. And I wonder if they actually will bring him back because after they traded for him, so his cap number is like, like out of control. Like it's It's like not anything that you would ever keep him on. But after they traded for him, they were able to work out like a huge pay cut. Uh, per Mike k i believe uh, had that after they traded for him during the draft last year so i do wonder if they'll bring him back on that negotiated trade cat or that negotiated um uh, uh, pay cut number but remains to be seen anyway uh because there's no concrete news i figured we would just jump right in to what uh, is sort of the topic of the week which is should the Eagles draft a quarterback at 6th Overall. My sense, uh following uh, along and, you know, seeing reactions to articles and just being on Twitter or whatever, is that the fan base is pretty solidly against it. Is that sort of uh your I guess perception of the fan base as well?
1: It is, Jimmy. One real quick thing on the Goodwin thing is that uh I think Mike K put out there that the contract restructure actually didn't happen. You know, right. because he did opt out. So, um, so maybe they just picked that up from where it left off. Or I also saw something uh, here on Reddit. I think it was about how Goodwin was on like his Instagram live and said that he's trying to work out like a restructure with the Eagles. Okay, and so so that's just a quick right. aside. We right? To... Who cares? But <laughs> anyway, um, just wanted to mention that. Uh, yeah. So um, on the quarterback front, Jimmy, uh, I definitely do get that. Perception out there that, uh, and look, Mel Kiper posted a mock draft today, his second one of the offseason, and he has Jamar Chase to the Eagles at number six, and I put a poll at the bottom of the article uh, asking people to grade it, A, B, C, D, F, and uh, vast majority, overwhelmingly...
2: People don't have a problem with, with Jamal yeah. Chase. there's an A. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: I, yeah, I think people, and I think that's part of where it comes from. It's a, it's, a, it's a mix of different factors. I don't think it's just that people are, like, all caught up in Jalen Hurts and totally believe in him. But I feel like they deserve, he, I, I feel like they think he deserves a shot. I feel like uh, there is question to the quarterback the Eagles are going to get because probably at best you're looking at the third best quarterback or the third quarterback off the board at least if you're taking one at six mm-hmm. and you're not trading up. And I don't think people want to trade up, especially after doing that before. And I think the other thing, um, well, I guess those are the main things. I don't know what else I was going to say. So I'll just cut it off there.
2: We well, have like, I mean, it could be the fourth quarterback too. Because you have, I mean, you, you have three teams in the top four picks that are you know, pr- pretty much primed to take a quarterback. J- the Jaguars are going to take Trevor Lawrence. The Jets, uh, of course, need a quarterback in theory. They're there's ideas out there that they might just hang on to Sam Darnold. And that sounds like a lot of pre-draft uh, nonsense to me. And then the Falcons have the fourth overall pick. Uh, they are heading into rebuild mode and uh, it would make sense for them to try to trade uh, Matt Ryan. And then you have a lot of teams behind the Eagles too, that need quarterbacks like uh, Carolina, uh, Denver and, um, you could maybe make an argument for Detroit even though they traded for even though you know they got Jared Goff back in the trade uh, of Matthew Stafford. So yeah, I mean there are plenty of teams up in that top 10 that need quarterbacks and uh, the Eagles will not obviously have their pick of the litter, but there are the four guys. we'll just go through them real quick. I know you already know who they are, but it's Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, you have Ohio states uh Justin Fields, Zach Wilson from BYU, and Trey Lance from. Uh, uh, a school that we've all become familiar with, North Coast State University, of course. So, uh, yeah, those are the four guys. I Or five. five, Well, Mac Jones is in there, too, from Alabama. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, Kuyper had him pretty high, didn't he? Like in that last, like, nine or something like that?
1: Eighth to the Panthers.
2: Okay. Yeah, he's not a guy that I can't... I I can't see the Eagles having interest in him. Like, Mm -hmm. even if they traded back, because I think their M.O. is sort of to you know, like guys that can, you know, that have athletic ability, they can run around, so it sort of be dual threat type of guys. And he's not that. So he's like just a pure pocket passer. So, and, you know, you're not going to take him at six, but the idea right. on taking him would be if you traded back, picked up a bunch of extra picks, and you took that guy. But I, I don't see the sense in that. Like, if you're going to get a guy like that, then you're just creating a bad, I mean, you're just creating a weird you know, quarterback dynamic between him and, jalen hurts who are two totally different types of players so um what is uh what is your initial thinking on whether you would take one six or not
1: i have crystallized my opinion on this Jimmy, and it's come down to this i know you're waiting with bated breath over there (laughs) as the audience members Uh, i think it comes down to the eagles cannot take a quarterback with the thinking that this guy is a better prospect than jalen hurts and therefore we can justify the pick like that that alone cannot be the justification to me they have to fully believe that this quarterback has elite potential not just like good potential like quality like he has to be like top tier potential kind of quarterback for them to take uh, a quarterback and justify it over jalen hurts it's just it's not like another position it's right it's like it's not like wide receiver Um, it's, it's not some other position where you can kind of get by with having a good one or very good one. You need, I think, especially in today's NFL, as you're seeing teams churn through quarterbacks even more because they don't have that elite guy or if they don't have that elite guy, I think you need that elite guy. And I don't, I'm not interested in taking a guy just because he can be better than Jalen Hurts. Like that's, that's not good enough for me. I don't want to just force a pick on a quarterback, uh, just because they don't have one. I think, um, I just don't love that idea of forcing it. I know in theory, and this is kind of, of a like a different way of how I'd think about this. Maybe if I thought the Eagles were closer to winning, uh, I wouldn't just love the idea of handing the starting job to Jalen Hurts. But I think with the situation they're in, they're far away. I just, I don't love the idea of forcing a pick. I think they need to get an elite player at this number six pick. This, this player they pick has to be elite at their position.
2: So um, I started watching a, a few of them. I The two that I watched so far have been um, uh, Zach Wilson from BYU. And then this morning I watched, we're recording this on Thursday, by the way. Uh, this morning I watched Trey Lance of uh, North Dakota State. Zach Wilson I would take at six. Like no question about it, but I don't think he's going to be available there. I think he's going to go off the board probably number two. To the Jets, or if they trade out and whoever trades up to that spot is going to take him. Like he's legit. Like he is a super accurate passer, and he's got a lot of other attributes. Like he's got arm strength. He can run around. Like sold. Like he's he's like he's really accurate. So uh, I would absolutely take him. Trey Lance was a little bit of a different uh, study in that he's only played seventeen games. Like his stats in the full year that he played are crazy, like, in the aggregate anyway. He he, um, they, they look super impressive on paper, and he, had, he threw 20 touchdowns, no interceptions. <laughs> but when you look at it, like, on a per-game basis, like, he was averaging, like, 170-some-odd yards per game, which is pretty low for a guy that you're going to be potentially picking in the top 10. Obviously, he's got the running ability. Like, he ran for 1,100 yards. And just to watch him, like, he's a fun player to watch. He's, he's got, like, a running style similar to, like... Uh, like a Cam Newton or a Steve McNair, uh, even Jalen Hurts is probably a pretty good uh, comp in terms of his actual running style and that he can beat you with speed or he can run you over. And you know, there's good and bad with that because guys that play that way tend to have shorter shelf lives than guys that are you know that that can beat you that are either pure pocket passers or that can beat you both ways and can kind of trans transition from running quarterback to pocket guy as their as their careers go on but i i think your point is right on in that you have to have like an elite quarterback If you look at like the conference championship games this year it's aaron Rodgers versus tom brady in the nfc and then on in the afc it's patrick mahomes and josh allen and you know like those are are they are they the four best quarterbacks in the nfl i probably have russell wilson ahead of maybe josh allen but they're you know they're obviously like the top quarterbacks in the NFL right now. So um, I'm with you there. I do think that Trey Lance sort of has some similarities to Josh Allen uh, at this point. At, at you know where, where Trey Lance is now is similar to where uh, Josh Allen was in his career in college in that they he's not very accurate. He's not, a, he's not an accurate passer, uh, in my opinion. He's, he had like a 65% completion percentage, but I think that's a little bit misleading uh he's a strong arm for sure he can run around and Josh Allen sort of had those same qualities as well Josh Allen really had to sort of fix his uh mechanics when he got to the NFL and I think that's going to be true of Treyler like his throwing motion is fine it's just when he tries to power throws either long throws or um you know throws the knee velocity on the in the intermediate parts of the field he's got this weird hitch with his leg yeah, I saw he that. Puts all is like his he like dips his his back leg and then he tries to um you know, he, he sort of powers through it, and I think he's having accuracy issues as a result of that. And then also just that extra hitch is going to lead to like more sacks and hits as he's throwing and fumbles and things like that. You just can't have that extra like sort of tick on your throw when you're making those kinds of throws. So th- he's got to get fixed, and I think it's going to be like a one- or two-year um, period of growing pains for him, which in Philadelphia, you're not often like afforded that Long of a of a grace period, like I think people were fine with the Sixers being bad for a while. But I think if you're a quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, like are fans really gonna be patient to wait around for you to be to take two years to to become a good player? And I think that's sort of what Trey Lance is. So for me, I'm a yes on Zach Wilson at pick number six for Trey Lance if he's there. And like Jamar Chase is there, I'd have a hard time passing on Jamar Chase there. <laughs> like, but if if he's there and Chase is gone, and the other three quarterbacks are gone, and the Oregon tackle uh, Sewell is gone, then yeah, maybe I take him there. But uh, he wasn't really. I don't. He wasn't. I'm not really sold as much on him as I was when I watched uh, Zach Wilson. Sorry, that was so, a long. That that was a long rant.
1: <laughs> so I mean. You haven't done Fields yet, obviously. Yeah. Um, in terms of your profile, but um, I mean, because he'll be relevant in the conversation too. Sure. But Kind of going off of what you said about Lance and Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen like worked hard to get better mm-hmm. at his accuracy. Like that was an off-season story heading into this year. Like before his ac- before we saw the proof and the numbers. Like he fifty two percent as
2: a rookie, and then this past year it was like sixty nine. I think.
1: Yeah, nice he worked with um <laughs> jordan palmer i know and, and jordan palmer gave him a lot of the credit he's like look you know i i worked with him but like this dude like put the work in like he really wanted to get better at this and on that note jimmy i feel like you know such a big part of this evaluation sure. is going to come back or it's kind of come down to things we can't even see right. it's going to come down to like is this player coachable i think that's a, a serious lesson to take away from the failures. Of what ultimately happened with Carson Wentz. And like, maybe it's an overcorrection on the the part of that to some extent, like that my mind is there. I I feel like coachability and accuracy are like things I I just really want out of this next Mm -hmm. Eagles quarterback. And on that note, um, Jalen Hurts has one of those things. We know he has the coachability. Yes. Um, He has that in spades. And I feel like that's in part of why I'm willing to go forward with him is because, like, if Jalen Hurts fails, it's not going to be for a lack of effort. And I feel like it's easier to live with that as opposed to a player like Carson Wentz where, like, the talent is all just there and you just, like, it's not going to work. Like, the potential is never going to be realized because of coachability and other roadblocks there. So um, maybe that's just a perception thing. But, but yeah, I, I like, I'm I'm not all in on Jalen Hurts. No one can be because we haven't seen enough uh to to believe that that can be the case i think you you know you had a good breakdown of his game and you talk about how uh you know just really at a basic level his his ability to throw the ball is an issue like it was not great throwing the ball last year now i think in his defense there are multiple things you can say you can say obviously the system around him was problematic Mm -hmm. in terms of coaching and, and scheme and uh talent and everything uh, he's only 22 I'm pr- I'm pretty sure he was the youngest starter in the league last year or, or if not I guess burrow might have been younger, but you know one of them uh, You look at how rookie performance always isn't really indicative of future success Like you kind of can almost throw it out in some cases um, I also think You look at the difficulty of throws that hurts was attempting like this isn't a guy who was checking He was it wasn't a check down charlie. Mm-hmm. He wasn't saying Bradford out there Like he was he was slinging it down the field a lot sure. so you know, there's going to be some inaccuracy when you're, you know, attempting more aggressive throws like he did. I think he had the seventh highest percentage of deep ball throws I saw from pro football focus last okay. year. That's yards of uh, 20 plus. So uh, so that's not, you know, me saying Jalen Hurts is definitely the answer or anything. But I, I just think there is potential there. We, I was looking back at some of the highlights from... That he had from his games last year, and the highlights are like, man, like there's there's something here. I don't know if it's a starter, and I think there's been a lot of talk this week about how like the Eagles didn't draft Jalen Hurts to be a starter, like that wasn't the mentality necessarily of why they drafted him. But as a you know friend of the podcast, BGN alumnus Mike K put it, that doesn't necessarily mean that like. They can't consider him to be one this year because they've had a year with him in the building now. They know him more, and maybe that soured them on him, and, and they believe in him less. We've heard talk that the quarterback's absolutely going to be in play, and it should be in play. I'm not saying it shouldn't be in play, but I just – if if they're going into this draft like we're getting a quarterback at number six, n- no ifs, ands, or buts about it, well, then that's a failure to me.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Um, your point on Hurts where like um – you know he did take shots down the field. So what I did, and when I looked at when I took a look at his game, was I pulled out what I thought like were his highlight throws, and then I pulled out what I thought like were his highlight runs, and I had a video of each of those, and then I had a video of like all of his inaccurate throws. <laughs> there were like there were a lot of inaccurate throws, and I, mm-hmm. your point is dead on that like he wasn't just checking it down and making safe passes all day. So in that respect. His low completion percentage, which I don't remember it was off the top of my head, it was was in the 50s. Um, uh, You know, that's maybe a little bit misleading. Like, he wasn't as inaccurate as that might say it was, but he was definitely inaccurate. Like, he was definitely an inaccurate quarterback. And, you know, you you expect that because uh, it was hard to, not hard, but there there were some throws, and I didn't include them in the video where, like, there was maybe a little gray area uh, over whether a pass looked inaccurate uh, just because it was a bad throw or because there was some miscommunication between he and the receiver or whatever. But there was certainly a lot of that going on as well. Uh, When you had such a young uh, wide receiving group um, with Alshon and Deshaun not contributing much, um, you had a lot of young guys in there, of course. And especially in that, you know, that last game, there was just all young guys. So anyway, um, uh, like you said, there's, there's something there. Like he has talent for sure. He can run. Like if you look at like what he is a runner, I think uh, Ben actually said this during the last podcast. You know he's the second best runner in the NFL behind Lamar Jackson. Like he maybe make an argument for Kyler Murray, but he's up there. Like he's he's a very good runner. He runs like a, a four five something, and he can run guys over. Like he's he's not afraid of contact, which again, as we mentioned before, is, is a good and bad thing. Uh, but uh, he 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 can't like the arm strength. I mentioned that. Um, like, I don't think it's bad. I think it's Armstrong. that's fine, but it's definitely not, like, a positive trait of his. So, you know, as as a just a player and a snapshot of the player, he's not great throwing the football. But when you have, like, the intangibles that he has and you have, like, the running ability and what you can do um, sort of, like, off of that running ability. Like, I thought that Miles Sanders was a more effective runner when Jalen Hurts played. I thought the yes. screen game actually worked. When Jalen Hurts was in there, because you have like defensive linemen that have their eyes on Hurts a little bit more than they would uh, a quarterback like that's in, in some kind of motion. Because what was happening all year on that screen game was defensive linemen were just sniffing that out like no problem. <laughs> they they were blowing screens up like all year long. Well, and they, or
1: Wentz couldn't complete some of them. Like, that's he true Couldn't too. make the easy throws. That's yeah.
2: right. Yeah, the layoffs, quote unquote. And uh, and when Hurts was in there, like the screen game actually worked. So. Uh, there's a lot of things that a running quarterback will open up on the offense. So I do think that they're, you know, I mean, this is a very low bar, but no matter who the quarterback is, they're going to be better than what Carson Wentz was in 2020.
1: I think it's weird when we talk about Hurts and accuracy, because he does have a touch. Like he does. I've mm-hmm. seen it. Like I've absolutely seen it in practices. Uh, so the, pa- it the Packers
2: high- game when he first came in and yes. he, he leaked out of the pocket and he threw like the little the little touch pass over the top for a touchdown. It was pretty early. Yeah. Uh, in his like, it was pretty soon after he entered that game, but yeah, and the that, one that, that the Rager was, that, too. That was a good one. Yep.
1: Yep. I, R- so Rager, it's Rager, weird yeah, the
2: one the one down the uh, left sideline to Rager. Yeah.
1: It's like, like it's weird to talk about because I I you know you look at the numbers. He clear. I think repetitive accuracy. I guess is the way to put it. You know, being able to you know consistently do it again and again. But like he doesn't totally lack touch in the way that Carson Wentz. Very much like didn't have touch on those throws towards yeah. the sideline, especially towards the left. Like just, the touch was like almost never there. It was never like floated in perfectly, kind of like, you know, we used to see Nick Foles do in time to time. So, uh, yeah, there's enough there from Hertz that makes me feel like, and again, this is, this is all, this is. February 25th, when we're recording this, there is much time to go, literally like two more than two months to go until this year's draft. I'm sure, uh, you know, things can change in terms of testing and prospects and interviews and everything that comes out from now until then. But from where we stand right now, uh, yeah, I kind of lean, I, I would say I lean towards wanting to see Hertz and especially Chase. Like, if you're telling me the Eagles can have like, you know, either Fields or Hertz and Chase, I'm taking Hertz and Chase right now. That's the way I'm leaning.
2: Okay. That's
1: fair. All right. So should we take a break here? That's the quarterback discussion. We'll take a break here, but not after Jimmy, I tell you about Righteous to sell craft jerky, which I obviously mentioned at the top of the show. It's just good, man. That's, I don't know if that's their slogan. I don't know if that's already taken, but uh, I'm going to give it to them as an idea. If they <laughs> it's just take good, it. man. Right. right to sell it's just good, man. It is though. It's good. <laughs> uh, I, I've Look, Jimmy, I never lie to the listeners. I've never been in the past, like the biggest beef jerky kind of guy, but uh, I had this and I was like, wow, this is good. Like I, I was skeptical of all beef jerky, but then I had right to sell in craft jerky and it was good. Uh, our listeners who have tried it, enjoy it very much. Rich Bobby, loyal listener, uh, tweets about it all the time. Um, so it's worth it. Sh- just give it a shot and you're getting a discount. Anyway, you're helping support BGN radio, helping support local business. You go to right to sell Use discount code BGN 15 BGN 15 for 15% off at checkout. Jimmy, back after this. Back here on BGN Radio, episode 170. What are we talking about now, Jimmy?
2: So we'll do... we were free agencies on the horizon. Um, The Eagles are not going to be big players in free agency this year, of course, because they... Sally Roseman mismanaged the cap over the last (laughs) four years, and they don't have any money. But uh, they are going to have to fill out their roster, and they will be looking... For some bargain bin guys, I would assume. I don't think they're going to go the old guy route this year like they've done over the last four years when they've been trying to, I mean, 2017 it worked. It did not work in 2018, 2019, or 2020. Um, So they were one for four on that. It worked overwhelmingly when it did work, but not so much lately. So I do think they're going to try to find younger guys that are cheap. And obviously when you find younger guys that are cheap. They're gonna have some kind of like major, up, major wart. Otherwise, that like other teams aren't gonna be interested in them. So uh, I thought we would do maybe a um, like. So I know that I've seen. I know that you mentioned this off offline before, but um, there are like national guys putting out articles of like you know, best fits for like free agent to team, and some of them are just like ridiculous. Like, there's no way that you are gonna be able to afford like some of the guys that they mentioned. What was the one you mentioned to me? Uh, the guy on the Jets. Uh,
1: Marcus May,
2: yeah. Marcus May, right. Yeah, like, it's possible the Jets might franchise that guy. Right. Like, they're not going to be, the Eagles aren't going to be able to afford a guy that, like, is borderline franchisable. So, uh, again, like, and I don't,
1: I don't, I don't don't even blame the national guys on that, by the way. That's not even, like, a (laughs) shot at them as much as, like, because in like any given year, any team has enough cap space to add. Typically, like maybe one guy at least. Yeah, like, I mean, you can, a, you
2: can, yeah, you can you can like have the first year of the guy's salary or salary cap hit be very low, but then it's going to be mm-hmm. super high in uh, the next few years, and they don't want to do that. I don't think. But oh, I'm, well, sorry, I'm sorry, I started to cut you off.
1: Well, I'm just saying, like, it's the Eagles are in a very. I don't think everyone, just because of how things usually work, I don't know if everyone is in the right mindset of like you have to lower your expectations a lot like this isn't just this isn't a normal year like the names we're about to say for this game are like <laughs> you're scraping the bottom of the barrel right. this isn't like anyone to get like super excited about so
2: so don't still listen
1: though please listen though please. <laughs> we're going to make it as well. look we're going to make it as exciting as we can we're going to yeah. we're going to try to find the diamonds in the rough to suggest to the yeah. team since Harry rose listens to the podcast i'm not saying you know tune out i'm just saying like you know you have to i'm just saying adjust your expectations accordingly
2: all right, so uh, what do you want? You want to you want to go first, and then I get two and three, or you want re- or do you want or should I go first and you get two and three?
1: Uh, I'm gonna go first, okay. So I want to make sure I get my top guy. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna take Mackenzie Alexander, Jimmy, okay, because cornerback uh, Vikings. Yes, quarterback for used to play for the Vikings when Jonathan Gannon was coaching, you know, defensive uh, backs okay. there. All
2: right,
1: and has since moved on to the Bengals. He turns Second round pick, I think. Uh, yes, 54 overall. Clemson? Yes, Clemson. He turns uh, 28 in November. Um, Eagles might need a slot depending on what happens, you know, with Avante Maddox and everything. I just think he's going to be cheap, too. Uh, you have the connection with Gannon. Um, maybe they feel like he can play on the outside, the versatility. Maybe they like that. Um, so I'm just going to throw McKenzie Alexander out there. And that's my number one.
2: I am thinking along the same lines as you. I think corner is the most likely position that they will address in free agency because they don't have an outside corner. So, like, uh, I think uh, the guy that makes a lot of sense is Gary Conley,
1: hmm.
2: cornerback uh, most recently of the Texans. I uh, was drafted by the Raiders in the first round. He was the guy, if you will all recall, that uh, just before the draft, like a few days before the 2017 Draft, he was accused of sexual assault, and uh, a grand jury leader ruled uh, not to charge him. Uh, he took like a polygraph test for a lot of teams prior to the draft, but still fell far. Like, I think he went 24th uh, overall to the Raiders, like I said. Uh, the Eagles were drafting 14th that year, and I was told after the draft, I don't know how, how true this was, but uh, I was told they, they would have taken him if uh, that.
1: Um over Barnett.
2: That, yeah, over so the Eagles took Derek Barnett in that draft and they would have taken Conley instead of Barnett had those um accusations not come out. Of course, if they hadn't come out, he probably wouldn't have been there at fourteen. He would have gone sooner than that. Like like there's a debate whether he would go first, uh he would be the first corner gone rather, um, or if it would be uh, Marshawn Lattimore and Lattimore obviously went first because he didn't have so many accused him of sexual assault before the draft. So anyway, Conley, uh, it's up and down with the Raiders, uh, last year, or excuse me, for the first few years of his, um, of his tenure. Um, he was going to start for the Texans this year, but he had a couple surgeries on his ankle and missed the whole season and uh, he's actually like been pretty productive when he's when he's played. Like when he got to Houston, for example, in 2019, like the Raiders, the Raiders traded him a mid-year. I think it was for a third-round pick. Um, he had like 14 pass breakups in nine games, which is pretty good. And he played in the playoffs for the, for the Texans that year. So uh, he's a guy that can come cheap because uh, he's got the injury history. Again, all these guys, like if it's a young talented player, he's going to have some kind of wart. And uh, in this case, it's that uh, he's had multiple surgeries on his ankle. So uh, I think he's a guy that the Eagles could get relatively cheap.
1: Okay, I like that one. That's sensical. The uh, Eagles obviously showed interest in him leading up to that draft, uh, in addition to the knowledge that you, know, you have that they liked him. So uh, it makes sense. Now what's your other pick?
2: Oh, right, I go again. All right, so uh, I'll go, uh, and we'll go pretty obvious here. Uh, for the same reason that that you mentioned, like, connection to Jonathan Gannon. That's Malik Hooker, uh, keeping with the 2017 NFL Draft. He was the guy that got picked directly after Barnett. And, uh, again, same situation as Conley. He's got uh, an injury history. Um, He tore his ACL and MCL his rookie year, uh, came back, you know, played decent enough in in 2018, um, 2019. In 2020, he tore his Achilles. So he's got an Achilles tear, and he's got an MCL and ACL tear uh, on his resume in his first four years in the league. He's still only 24 years old, but if he doesn't get a lot of interest uh, around the league, again, you're rolling the dice because he's got two major injuries. Uh, But, uh, again, that's another guy who's young, talented, and uh, I think it's worth taking a swing on him.
1: Maybe the Eagles move Dylan Mills back to corner. I mean, they're you're going to have to figure out safety. You know, yes. I don't think McLeod's going to be ready for the beginning of the He'll year. He'll probably start to... the
2: year on the pop list, I would imagine. Yeah.
1: So, and then you know, I don't think Kayvon Wallace showed anything last year to have you just be like, all right, definitely penciling him in as a starter. 100%. And you know what?
2: The problem with him too is uh, he's more of like, and I don't know how I don't know what Jonathan Gannon's scheme is going to look like, mm-hmm. but. Like the way that Jim Schwartz ran it, like they had the guy that was sort of playing the Malcolm Jenkins role, who was sort of like quasi linebacker, uh, played safety. a lot of box uh, responsibilities. And that's what Kayvon Wallace is. They don't have like a, like a sort of a center fielder type um, to back up McLeod, unless, as you note, uh, they think that Marcus Epps can be that guy. And maybe they do. Like, I think they like him. But yeah. uh, I know that fan base doesn't, uh, but uh, it, but if, if they want to do better than Epps, then uh, certainly a guy like Hooker is a lot more talented player.
1: So for my second one, I'm going to say Tyrell Williams, who just got cut okay. by the Raiders. Um, you know, look, he's not a spring chicken here in terms of um, what's his age here. I have it written down and I totally He hasn't been in the league that long, it. like five years, I think. Yeah, that's the thing though. Like he, so he's he's he turned 29 earlier this month, just a couple of weeks ago. But um, when you look at like the, he's only played or he's only appeared in it's 69 29. games. Yeah, he's played he, in five he, he, seasons. He just
2: turned 29, by the way.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I said that, Jimmy. Oh, sorry. You're not listening. <laughs> um, just earlier this month, and yeah, but he only he's only played in five seasons. Like this isn't a guy with a ton of mileage on him, and he didn't really even play at all in his first season um there's obvious connection here he you know had his best two seasons uh under Nick Sirianni as his wide receivers coach with both the San Diego and then Los Angeles Chargers in 2016-2017 um I he's coming off a season where he didn't play a single snap you know due to a shoulder injury so that's obviously gonna hurt his market being coming off the injury and whatnot um I guess the way I'm looking at this is that I feel like a lot of the focus here for the Eagles should be adding younger guys, really, because you just look at where they mm-hmm. are uh, in their you know retooling phase. But like, you still have to add some. You have to have like some NFL NFL caliber players like, on your roster, right. and especially I think to help out a young quarterback, like. I just don't love the idea of just going forward with only young players at wide receiver. Like, it it could be nice to kind of have like one veteran in that receiving room just to, you know, have that guy in there and kind of give the young player like something of a sure thing. And when you, you know, you look at Williams' background, he gives them a sure thing in terms of a deep threat, which is a very important element, I would think, to the offense. So uh, I'm going to put him in there. And just because, you know, maybe if the money is close, like, uh, connections are going to be important for the Eagles who can't just simply outbid teams. Like, it, it could come to down to, like, hey, we have a relationship with this player. Maybe this other team's offering a little bit more, but he's going to come here because we have this, you know, connection.
2: I'm just looking at his Wikipedia page here. He's played in four cities, but two teams. I wonder if he's the only guy in Ooh. the NFL that can claim that because he was San Diego, Los Angeles, yeah. and then Oakland and Las Vegas.
1: That's a great point to me. Also, um,
2: uh, undrafted free agent from.
1: Penn State? <laughs> I don't know.
2: Western Oregon. <laughs> so he's hmm. probably the only Western Oregon player in the league, too. Anyway, uh, you go again. My
1: third pick uh, is Eric Wilson, linebacker from the Minnesota Vikings. I don't really know what this guy's going to get in the market. Like, some of this is like really hard to judge in terms of what his interest is around the league. But this is a guy who didn't really become a full time starter until last season. Um, he, he played his last season at age 26. Uh, the Eagles have, like, nothing at linebacker other than Alex Singleton, basically. And uh, Wilson is a guy who worked with or has experience with new Eagles linebackers, coach Nick Rallis, who came from the Vikings. Uh, obviously overlapped with Jonathan Gannon, not the same position group, but on the same defense uh, back in 2017. So there's some familiarity there and the Eagles need a linebacker. So I'm going to say Eric Wilson.
2: Okay. I have a lot of defensive players, so I'm going to go, but I'm going to switch it up and I'm going to go uh, offense here, but I'm just looking up his numbers real real quick here. Uh, but I'm going to go Jacoby Brissett, quarterback okay. of the Colts. Okay. Um, Originally drafted by the Patriots, traded for the Colts, and then he got a big deal, which I'm just looking for. Oh, okay, so he signed a one-year extension with the Colts uh, in September after of 2019.
1: Luck. Yeah, after Luck retired,
2: it was it was worth 30 million. So mm-hmm. like his cap number in 2020. Was 21 million. So, like he, he, it was his cap number in, uh, in 2019 was uh, eight and a half million. So, it, it, it evens out to, to 30 million. So, he, he got an average uh, per year deal of 15 million on that one year extension. So, he's not going to make that now. Uh, he's mm-hmm. just a backup at this point for sure. But um, he is a guy that the Eagles have done this in the past. Like, I don't necessarily think this is a good idea but they brought in Chase Daniel of course after they hired Doug Peterson from the Chiefs brought uh, Ch- Chase Daniel over that wound up being a horrible signing so this isn't a signing that I, I'm particularly like throwing my support behind uh, mm. especially if they're they're potentially going to draft a quarterback that like you're going to draft a guy and have Jalen Hurts and spend like decent money at least on Jacoby Brissett. like I don't know what what his price tag would be let's call it like I don't know 5 million something like mm. that
1: I think it could be more
2: yeah it could be um, so, uh, again, not in love with the idea of Jacoby Brissett, but that's a guy that they could potentially sign for like a multi-year deal, have a uh, low payment on that first year. But again, I don't love the idea of that, but I can, I can see them going down that stupid route again.
1: Uh, yeah, these, these coaches that come in, you know, they have their guys in terms of like <laughs> yes. quarterbacks, like it was Doug Peterson for Andy Reed, um, you could even say Dennis Dixon for Chip Kelly, obviously sure. a different level, but like they like that guy who's been in the system to kind of to add him. So it's definitely there's like merit to it. Um, I think I just feel like Brissette's going to have a market that's bigger than they can pay he for, it just because, just like, just because I'm thinking about teams that like might miss out on the quarterback carousel, like New England. I mean, obviously he played there, so there's a connection there. Or even like let's say Washington. Like let's say Washington can't do anything else. And they 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 have some other ideas they try and they're kind of just left, you know, with nothing. And it's like, okay, well, at that point, we're just gonna, you know, put Jacoby Brissett into the mix. Um, so I just think another team is gonna be able to offer him more money and also more opportunity in terms of like maybe he can actually start for them, where I don't think there's any real chance he starts for the Eagles. Right. Um a couple other quarterbacks to well, note.
2: One one you... quick thing I will note though, like oh, last last year, last offseason, um uh Andy Dalton And Cam Newton got like no money. Yes, in free agency, so there is a chance that he doesn't get the market. But I'm with you. I do think he's going to get it. Like I do think he'll have a market. Like he won't get Andy Dalton money. But uh, but there is that possibility.
1: Yes. Yeah. I don't think it's impossible. I'm just. I'm not. I don't think it's likely. Um, The other two names to watch at quarterback, I think Marcus Mariota. mm -hmm. um, Who the Raiders just might. Well, I agree. But the Raiders just might cut him, and I think he's going to be too expensive. But I will say the Eagles have a a guy on this coaching staff who was the offensive coordinator in 2015 and then his quarterback's coach in 2016, which I think was his best year, and then 2017. And that's uh, Eagles tight ends coach, uh, Jason Michael. So I just wanted to note that connection. And then uh, I don't think it's Tyrod, if I'm remembering this correctly. I think it's Tyrod. Tyrod Taylor, uh, who... I have at the bottom of my list here, spoiler alert, so I'm not taking him. But I just wanted to bring him up because that's obviously a relevant connection too, having worked with Eagles uh, offensive coordinator now, Shane Steichen, mm-hmm. uh, on the Chargers. And I think he could potentially be cheap depending on what his market looks like. I'm, I'm not expecting him to get a lot. And then also uh, just like a, a logical mentor. And He knows his role. And, like, and, he, and yeah, he's, done, that, he's done that
2: before with Baker Mayfield.
1: And not that it matters a ton because we're not expecting the Eagles to be like amazing this year, but like the fit in terms of like the offense, like you're running, you know, it's it's a mobile quarterback Mm -hmm. but you're having back, so it's not like you're you're totally readjusting your offense if uh, you know something would happen to Hertz, let's say. Uh, So I think that's just you know obviously another logical name that's been thrown out there. I'm not breaking any news, but just wanted to put that out there. Um, I had Anthony Walker Jr. on here, Jimmy, but I already took a linebacker, so I don't want to do that again.
2: It's still my pick. I have my second guy. I got to take.
1: Oh, well, crap. Now you can just take Anthony Walker Jr. (laughs) I'm going to take Anthony Walker Jr. now. Uh, I did
2: like him coming out, actually. but uh, Devontae Casey, safety from the Falcons. uh, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Played cornerback in college. uh, Had a ton of picks in college. He had, I think he had like 15 his last two years uh, at San Diego State. And um, uh, Falcons drafted him, I think, in the fifth round. That was the year where there was like a run. On safeties, like right before the Eagles picked, I was like pretty sure the Eagles were going to take like one of the, like, the safeties that were coming up on the board and then they didn't get any of them. That might have been the, uh, where's the fourth round? I don't remember. They wound up taking like Nate Gary or uh, or uh, like Pump. I have that right? I think I'm screwing up my ears here. Anyway, um, <laughs> the Eagles didn't get him. Uh, he led the league in interceptions actually in the NFL. In his first full year as a starter in 2018, he had seven of them. Uh, He was playing safety. This would be like a guy who would be like at the top of my list if uh, Jim Schwartz were still the defensive coordinator because he was originally a corner, like I said, in college. And uh, as you all know, Jim Schwartz loves him. Some safeties that have some corner experience. But uh, again, like um, my uh, previous two defensive picks, Malik Hooker and uh, Gary Conley, he's got an injury history. He's recovering from um, a torn Achilles that he suffered in Week Four of 2020. So he's got uh, he's a little bit of damage goods, but uh, I think he's I think he's a good player. He actually made um, in the 2018 opener against the Eagles. He had a hit, I believe it was either on Ertz or Goddard. I want to say it was Goddard, and the ball oh, popped up in the yeah. air and. Um, uh, another Falcon teammate picked it off and and ran it back pretty far. It was a big play in that game. Obviously, the Eagles won that game, but um, he's he's a playmaking safety and he's he can play sort of that Rodney McLeod uh, center centerfielder role that we were talking about before. And he makes plays, so he's a guy again like Malik Hooker, is worth, in my opinion, taking a swing on.
1: So I had a, I mentioned Walker. Just he was on the Colts, another linebacker with connections to the staff, but. I'm going to steal one of yours because I think that's fun. One of the names <laughs> you had on your list for phillyvoice.com. Yep. That's John Ross. Okay. Um, he was one of the players who, I don't know if you remember this, but there was like a report that came out in 2017 prior to the draft, and I think it was like five or six players, kind of almost like how there was like the sexy six back yeah, in 2014. Yeah, yeah. I think he was like one of the, John Ross is one of the players who's rumored to be in that group for the Eagles. And it made sense because they showed a ton of pre-draft interest in him. They Mm -hmm. had him in for like a visit. They talked to him at like the combine. They worked, like they did basically everything you could leading up to the draft. So they, they have done a lot of homework on John Ross. And also another potentially relevant connection is Eagles running backs coach slash assistant head coach, Jamal Singleton was on the Bengals. Um, last so you know he he's been on the same team so they have some inside insight to him even though uh, singleton was coaching running backs there uh obviously ross has been a huge bust he health has been an issue um he did have his best year in 2019 uh when he had 560 yards he averaged 18.1 per reception he had three touchdowns um weird year in 2018 where he only had 21 receptions for uh, 210 yards and he had seven touchdowns so Mm. Really strange red zone threat that year. Um, but he's coming off a season where he only had two receptions for seventeen yards and, and one first down. Um so he'll be moving on from since he pretty clearly.
2: Yeah, he demanded to be traded during the year. He did. And he they and they he didn't, didn't trade him. So like I'm sure they would him. have if they could have, because they were done pretty early and mm-hmm. he would, clearly wasn't gonna come back. So they probably just didn't find any takers for him, which is a little alarming. So maybe like that singleton connection might work against
1: him. True. It could. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. But I'm just. But if, I think you know he's
2: most well known for running that four two two forty at the yes. combine. Like he's he could be. I mean, everyone sort of thinks of Tyreek Hill as being
1: like the fastest player in the NFL, but <laughs> like the forty time would say that John Ross is. And if the Eagles are looking at Sirianni as kind of like a wide receiver whisperer, which I, I think they kind of are to some extent. Like, you know, I think they like that about his background. Then maybe, you know, this could be the spot for him to get fixed, or at least, you know, it's worth a shot. Especially since he'll maybe be twenty-six. Um, so I'll take Ross. And is that my last one? Or do I get one more? No,
2: you get one more. One more thing on Ross. So okay. I think he makes sense in the Eagles offense in the same way I mentioned this in the article that I wrote. In the same way that um Marquise Brown operates in the Ravens offense, in that Like, he's a speed guy that you have to respect. Like, if he's on the field, like, everyone knows how fast he is. Like, forget about, like, the lack of production that he's had the first four years in the league. Like, everyone knows that he's, like, super fast. So you can't just have your safeties, like, creeping up to the line of scrimmage to, you know, lock down, uh, you know, the rushing attack. Which, in the Eagles' case, if Jalen Hurts is starting or if they, you know, draft one of these mobile quarterbacks— Um, you're going to have like probably a run heavy offense in Philadelphia in 2021. So he's a guy that at least helps keep it honest. And if you do get the safeties creeping up, then he's a guy that you can maybe, um, get some big plays over the top if he can be a reclamation project. Uh, but I do think he fits, uh, the Eagles offense, what I think the Eagles offense might look like this upcoming season.
1: So another name I'll throw out there, um, uh, that I'm not. I'm putting this on my list. I'm just. I don't want to mention it. It was deeper down my list. It was Samaj P. Ryan, okay. who played for uh, Singleton Jamal Singleton last year in the Bengals, and actually had like the best numbers of his career under him. I thought he was uh, out of the league. <laughs> I know. So did I. I was like, whoa, he's still around. Um, so that could kind of be like a Jordan Howard mold back, very cheap. Uh, yeah. That the Eagles would add like later in the off season. Um, keep an eye on that one. I'm gonna say. Oh
2: yeah, look at that. 4.8 yards per carry for Samaj P. Ryan.
1: Yeah. I'm right. going to say uh, DeAndre Houston Carson is okay. my last pick. Do you know who that is, Jimmy?
2: I think he went to UNI.
1: He went to William and Mary.
2: Ah, okay. Well, at least I knew it was a small school.
1: He was a six round pick in 2016. Here's the reason why I think the Eagles might have interest in him. He's kind of been like a special team safety. Like, he might just be a Chris Marigost, but I'm thinking, like, maybe. The Eagles think he can like be more than that. That's the kind of player at the very least that they should be kind of like taking a chance on like a guy, you know, who hasn't like, you know, been in a bigger role and like maybe if they use him differently, kind of like what, like Billy Bean money ball thing, like we'll take this guy and move him to a different position. Maybe uh, there's value in that. Um, Not moving him to a different position in this case, but like giving him a bigger role and seeing what he can do. DeAndre Houston Carson is a player that Eagles actually tried to sign off of the Bears practice squad during the mm. 2017 season early, but they uh, were rejected because the Bears just you know put him on their roster instead. It's a good little uh, he's, Yeah, he's been a good special teams player. Um, so at the very least, he can bring some of that um, and maybe be like your next Chris Maragos for the foreseeable future. Uh, but but maybe he has some defensive potential too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw him into the mix and uh, you know he used to be in the. AFC or sorry, NFC North together with Jonathan Gannon. So maybe there's some familiarity there. Uh, it's my final pick.
2: I have a, uh, William and Mary story actually. Um, Fran Duffy told a story about me on, uh, birds with friends once. <laughs> so it's payback time for Fran. So, <laughs> so Fran at the, at whatever, whatever year Marcus Trufant came out, um, at the senior bowl, uh, Fran actually – this is a story in which Fran's knowledge of the draft and draft players, like his vast knowledge actually worked against him here because (laughs) he goes up and he's talking to uh, Desmond Trufant, who's probably like the best prospect at that senior bowl, and he had a W on his helmet because he went to Washington. And somehow Fran thought that the W was for William and Mary (laughs) – <laughs> and he thought it was a, a another cornerback named uh, B. W. Webb, I think it was. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> Fred's Fran, <laughs> asking him all these questions about, you know, like going to a small school and stuff like that. And finally, Trufant was like, I-, "I think you might think I'm somebody else." <laughs> but like nobody would look at like like nobody like who didn't know the draft really really well. Mm-hmm. Would ever think that that guy was like William and Mary, <laughs> but like only somebody that knows a lot about the draft and would like care about a player like B.W. Webb would <laughs> would think that it was B.W. So I'm not making fun of Fran here too much, but uh, <laughs> he he like thought the best prospect at the Senior Bowl was like some like low level guy at William and Mary.
1: <laughs> That's a good story. All right. We love Fran. So yeah, 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 of it's course. All, it's all in good fun. Love Fran. Um, Jimmy, tell me about Kristen Roach from Roach Realtors.
2: Oh, I still have one more pick. and then uh, Oh, sorry. And then I'll tell you about Kristen Roach from Roach Realtors. Uh, all right, so I'll go Akello Witherspoon, cornerback mm-hmm. uh, for the Niners. Up and down career. Uh, a lot of 49ers fans frustrated with the kind of career that he had. He actually got benched uh, in favor of Emmanuel Mosley during the Niners Super Bowl run. They benched him during the playoffs. So he had a bad playoff game against the Vikings, and they, they benched him in-game. And, uh, he was, he rode the bench the rest of the way. Like he got into games, but he wasn't the starter anymore. And, um, 2020 comes around, battled through some injuries. He was like a healthy scratch in, in some games in November, but, uh, they had a bunch of injuries down the stretch and he played, he started three games at the end of the year. actually played really well. So he kind of closed his, well, if his career is over in San Francisco, they might bring him back still, but if his career is over there. He at least closed on a high note. He's only 25 years old. Eagles brought him in for a pre-draft visit prior to the 2017 NFL draft. So they had some level of interest in him back then. He's got great size, 6'3", a little bit under 200. So if the scheme is going to change a little bit and they want bigger corners, then he's a the guy that I think makes a lot of sense. All right, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. Um, the market right now is like crazy. Uh, it's like a total seller's market. The houses are going up for sale and like buyers can't like, like they're gone before before buyers even have a chance to, to look at them. I know Kristen has like a, a bunch of, uh, uh, has a bunch of buyers and has been frustrated by <laughs> like people paying like, you know, 15, $20,000 over the asking price. So if anyone is thinking of selling their home, like now that gets the top of the market right now in terms of being a seller's market. Kristen and other realtors that she talked that she talks to, like they all sort of agree. Like they've they've never seen a seller's market like this before. Uh, She has a listing that she just got, I believe in Barrington. It just went on the market like a a day or two ago. And the first day they had like 10, they had like 10 people see the house. So um, it is a wild and crazy market right now. If you're looking to buy a house, uh, maybe not the best time for that. But uh, anyway, uh, Kristen Roach of Road Realtors, 856-906-9295, and here's a song about her. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, Tours, Road Roach Tours, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, she's... Eight five six nine oh six nine two
0: nine
2: five eight five six
1: nine
0: oh six nine two nine
1: five nine two nine five back here on BGN radio episode one seventy Jimmy Doug Peterson selling his house as I'm sure you've seen mm-hmm. so uh I feel like I'm guessing he already has a real estate agent or whatever but uh, I mean, he does. In fact, uh, it is uh, Janet Papali, hmm.
2: wife of Vince Papali. Wow. And Kristen has done a number of deals with uh, Janet Papali um, on her voicemail. she says, have an invincible day.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> um, all right, final segment. Uh, kind of like a potpourri here, right? There's actually some news to me I want to throw in here, a curveball mm, for you. Semi news. Uh, unless,
2: unless this is something that happened like during the pod?
1: Yeah. It's um, Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson has not demanded a trade, his agent Mark Rogers told ESPN. Wilson has told the Seahawks he wants to play in Seattle, but if a trade were considered, the only teams he would go to are the Cowboys, the Saints, the Raiders, and the Bears?
2: Bears? <laughs> what? Why? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, everyone's having that same reaction. Uh, so Russ coming to the NFCs is something I I put out there on the uh, Bold Prediction podcast I did with my good friend Stats for the SB Nation NFL show last week. So I feel like I only have myself to blame for speaking this into existence. feels only right that that would happen, but uh, All right, hopefully it I, doesn't.
2: I guess he's not friends with Dak then, huh? Because that's kind of messed up.
1: Hmm. <laughs> you know? Well, maybe Dak's maybe had a dodge. Dak's like, he, what the hell, dude? Maybe Dak. Maybe he knows Dak, and he knows Dak's not coming back. Well, they're gonna tag um, him. Are they? I mean, probably. Yeah, but
2: they're gonna tag him.
1: But I mean, that's gonna
2: cost him like thirty-eight million. By the way,
1: that's the thing, though. I think, like, I think that I almost think, like, if if you're gonna tag him, I just think the time to reach an extension with Dak is over. He has no reason to sign one. Like he has no reason to sign one at all. Yeah, I don't care about the injury. He's no reason to sign one at this point. He should, you know, ride it because they can't tag him next year. Well, they he's can. Gonna be 100... but
2: it'll cost fifty. It'll cost fifty plus million for the one year. Yeah, it's one hundred and
1: forty four percent. Yeah. Um. So, I just don't see it happening. I, Dak has every reason to try to get to the open market. So maybe the Cowboys realize that, and they realize they can't get to it. So they feel like they just have to move him now.
2: Maybe a Dak Russ trade.
1: Well, there could be that, too. So, all right. But enough Saints of that. Saints make um, sense.
2: Raiders make sense. Carson Wentz did even want to go to the Bears? <laughs> the, yeah. The statistically worst quarterback in the NFL that was like, eh, I'm good on the
1: Bears. Trade me, but don't Bears, trade me there. <laughs> maybe, like, the Bears themselves said they wanted him. Or, like, hey, put us in there. Like, <laughs> right. like maybe will it? <laughs> like anyway. got to get
2: somebody to want here. If, if, if another quarterback is like, well, Russell Wilson wanted to go there, maybe it's okay right. for me.
1: Right. Um, so you had on here on the rundown that Howard Eskin apparently said on WIP that he's hearing that Jason Kelsey is having quote, strong thoughts, unquote, about coming back to play for the Eagles. And then you have three questions actually play for the Eagles. Why? (laughs) Right. That's the first one.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why would you want to, why would you want to play for the Eagles team? If you're him, you know, like, yes, he's like, each it's gonna year, be thirty-four. We, we kind of think like this is this could be his last year. I think this year it probably will be his last year if he does come back. So, I mean, Jeffrey Lurie already made it clear that it's going to be a a rebuilding year, and all the their retooling
1: moves, is the exact word he used. Yeah. Okay,
2: uh, I mean, and then all their actions so far this offseason have backed that up. <laughs> so, he got rid of the <laughs> starting quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> right. Backed it up and then some. So if you're him, like, why would you want to come back to this team and put that much and put just more damage on your body uh, heading into retirement? You just had you just had a kid. Um, Yeah. Anyway, uh, so moving on to question number two, uh, is this the first step toward him getting traded? Now, the way that that'll work if he is to be traded is the Eagles have to keep him until June 1st because they can't they can't trade him before then. Or the, or the cap hit would be it. It actually costs more on their cap to trade them than it would to keep them. So it they could agree sense.
1: to a trade in principle, but they couldn't actually execute. Yes, it. they, they can't like, execute
2: it because and yeah, I for, I forget exactly how it works with the June one designations, but um, you, you only get two of them, and they're going to use their two up on uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Malik Jackson anyway. So he's not a June 1 – and I don't, even, I don't even know how that works trade-wise anyway. It doesn't, yeah, doesn, doesn't matter because it doesn't apply to the I don't think there's the
1: post-June year. 1 designation for trades. I don't think you can yeah. do that.
2: So, yeah. So after June 1, they'll be able to – if he either trade or if he's going to retire, the Eagles will say, yeah, can you, like, file your retirement papers after June 1st so that the cap hit isn't insane. Uh, but, yeah. So if they are to trade him, it would be after June 1. And it would be, like, a minor savings – um, but, you know, he's still, if not the best center in the NFL, one of the best centers in the NFL. So like, you know, one year for him and his contract his a uh, salary to the new team would only be 5.5 million. What do you think you get in return for him?
1: I think that's like, I mean, well, I think this is the team that makes all the sense in the world for him and it's the chiefs. Mm-hmm. And I think they have some extra seventh rounders. Um, so they've got to do better uh, than that. I would think. No, I agree with that. I'm not saying I'm just saying like they have extra they they should be willing to part with picks and especially because they're, you know, competing for championships too. I think a fourth would be good. Uh I don't know what their comp pick situations. I mean, their picks going to be a late. You know, you're expecting a late pick. So I yeah. think a late fourth is what I'm thinking. I think that's fair. I'm pulling it up
2: here. Arrowhead Pride has it, of course they do. Uh oh, they're actually uh pretty light on picks this year. It looks I like thought it. they had more. Uh, anyway, yeah, it looks the like Chiefs make all the picks. sense. But yeah, so I think they get like a four, maybe, for him.
1: Yeah, they are so actually I'm looking at it yeah now here. They're gonna get a fourth for Kendall Fuller for losing him okay. uh back to Washington. So like that pick to yeah. make I mean, a, the, like the, a late. The fourth. comp pick is gonna be re- b-
2: about the same as the regular fourth pick sure, anyway. But even later. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I mean they make sense all they make all the sense in the world, of course, because Andy, cause his brother plays there, because they need
1: a center, and it's a super They have no centers (laughs) under contract on their roster, other than I think, like, one practice squad guy, Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, was telling me. But yeah, it it makes, like, too much sense not to happen. I just, like, selfishly, I would love Jason Kelsey to play for the Eagles as long as he can. I think everyone, no one disagrees with that. But looking at, and and also, I see merit, too, that if he wanted to play for the Eagles, there's value in that because I think having, like, in front of a young quarterback, yeah. Yeah. Having a good offensive line. Like is a is not a spot where like that's not a spot to get like cute at like if you're gonna have veterans there I think that's a, a fine spot to have him and yeah you so still to, to keep the quarterback you know uh like doing good and not saddling him with like maybe a terrible center which could be like very destructive for his career so I see value in that if he actually did want to play for the Eagles but I just can't see him wanting to and I can't see I, I just think I, I hope he goes to the Chiefs. I think that makes the most sense for the Eagles and him ultimately.
2: I think there's trust factor between the Eagles and Chiefs too, where like they could agree to like an under the table yes. type of deal. And you know, there are scenarios that like that doesn't really work in in practice a lot of times because uh like the NFL draft rolls around, for example, second round, like some centers available that they nobody would have anticipated being there that late. Yeah. They're going to take them, you know, but mm-hmm. like maybe the Chiefs, uh, you know, just maybe they make a deal for Kelsey and they stick to it. So, um, that, well, there's value
1: in that. Like, win now. Like, you don't want to oh, rely for sure. on a rookie. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you want Kelsey if you're competing for a Super Bowl this year.
2: But yeah, I, I agree that, like, so the, you know, Kelsey to the Chiefs makes about the same amount of sense as you know, projecting Wentz to the Colts. When we first yes. started talking about like who are potential suitors for Carson Wentz, like the obvious first choice was the Colts. And then there was a big gap and then everybody else.
1: Yeah. I think the Colts make all the sense in the world for reasons you mentioned. I think it's, it, it almost seems like too like logical not to happen. Like if it doesn't happen, it's like, well, you mean the chiefs? Yeah. Yeah. What did I say? The Colts? Yeah. No, not the Colts, <laughs> the chiefs. Um, Anything else, Jimmy? So what Any do you uh, you got
2: anything uh, cooking for when the weather gets a little nicer here?
1: I want to go to the beach again, Jimmy. That'd be nice. Yes, I want to do that. Oh, I went back did to you the go beach to again. I'm so an LBI high, guy. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like Beach Haven, kind of. Okay. That end of the 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 long, So you do the, that extra long drive.
2: You do the extra drive to just to go to Beach Haven.
1: Yeah, it's it's just always where we went, kind of growing up. And uh, I just like it. I'm just used to it. I like it. I like uh, Bay Village. I like uh, the chicken or the egg. Okay. As we talked about before in the podcast here, I just <laughs> – it's my comfort zone. I like it. It doesn't steer me – I know what I'm getting. Like I'm not going to go there and it's like something new and like the beach sucks or whatever. Like I just – I know what to expect and I just want to go to LBI.
2: Okay. I'm a surf <laughs> What about you? Uh,
1: yeah, but yeah, okay.
2: the beach for sure. Looking forward to riding my bike. Yesterday Mm. it was like the first nice, like sort of nice day. Uh, Oh, it was great. A while, relatively. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, it was. It got up to what, like fifty-five.
1: It didn't snow for once. And
2: I, (laughs) yeah, and I ran. I did like a run walk. Flex. More walking than running, but I did like eleven miles. And uh, wow, I had like a like a light jacket on. I didn't have enough jacket, and like I woke up this morning and I felt not good. (laughs)
0: <laughs> mm, well, man.
2: first of all my body wasn't used to that kind of level of activity but also like i was kind of cold the whole time so like mm. i overestimated how nice it actually was outside but uh yeah i can't wait for the for the weather to get nice again It was a nice little taste of that on on again we're recording this on thursday on wednesday that was, that was, that was a little treat
1: i remember when you we're at an Eagles, uh, I think it was an OTA practice. I'm pretty sure it was in the spring. Okay. And you came woefully underdressed. <laughs> and it was like rainy and cold. And you were like shivering. And you didn't have an umbrella. And I felt bad like looking at you because you're yeah. just like, you're you're just standing there. And you're like shivering. And you're like holding yourself. And I felt terrible. Um, I wear I shorts really into,
2: into November going to the Eagles facilities, mm. by the way. <laughs> okay. So, I will but drag that out as long as I possibly can.
1: It was... Uh, it's one of those. It was like one of those weird days where I guess it was May because it was OTAs, but you know, like sometimes you can get like a. It's not quite summer yet. You can get like a unusually yeah. cold day. It was. It wasn't snowing or anything, but it was like rainy, so that didn't help. Anyway, um, this yeah, there, has been.
2: There's like sorry. There's like that saying, where like, don't dress for the job you have. Dress for the <laughs> the one that you want. Like mm. I dress for like the one that I get demoted to.
1: Hmm, that's fair. Anyway. <laughs> and you haven't been demoted so I have not been demoted out. well they don't see yet. me my,
2: my my coworkers and my bosses don't actually see me when I'm at work so
1: <laughs> that's true and they, um, aren't, they
2: aren't listening this, this far into the podcast
1: okay this far they're not listening so they're listening they're listening a little they're bit probably they're probably not listening at all off. okay so you can just <laughs> say whatever you want So that's, um, right. that's good alright this has been BGN Radio episode 170 Obviously, check out my work at winningyournation.com, Jimmy phillyvoice.com. Follow us on Twitter at Brandon Gowton, at Jimmy Kemsky at BGN underscore radio on Twitter for all the shows. Obviously, have other shows up in the feed. The Babes on Broad just released an episode today. Um, I know Seamus uh, from the Bleachers put up an episode today, so check out those. Uh, go check out the SB Nation NFL show, which we, Jimmy, we had, a, we had a fun time this week playing Tag, Extend, Walk. Okay. With the franchise tag, you know, kind of like a, Stealing with birds and friends a little bit, you know, a peckness migrate, uh you know, a bop, marry, kill, if you will. Had some fun with that. Um, Check out Righteous Helen Craft Jerky by going to RighteousHelen.com using discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Uh, And mom and dad, I love you because I know you're listening. You listen to every podcast and I feel like I don't shout you out enough. So uh, there's a nice little surprise for them and uh, no one else. Uh, We'll talk to you guys next time.
2: I love you too, Brandon's mom and dad. Goodbye, goodbye. P.G.N.